Today is Friday, October 29th. The title for our devotional is John versus Saul. Today, let's compare and contrast the story of John the Baptist that we looked at yesterday with the story of another biblical character who had the opposite response. That is, King Saul. When Jesus came on the scene, if you'll remember, John the Baptist joyfully rescinded his influence, allowing Jesus to begin his ministry. When David came on the heels of Saul's kingship, Saul's response was exactly the opposite. Even though Samuel had already told him that God was taking the kingdom from his hands and giving it to another. It's clear that Saul let his position get to his head. He fought tooth and nail to hold on to his power and position of influence, even though it clearly went beyond his calling and anointing. 1 Samuel 15 says it all. I'd encourage you to read it yourself, but for the sake of time, I'll just summarize some of the events here. When Samuel goes to inform Saul that the kingdom had been taken from him, he can't find him because Saul had gone to another location to, quote, set up a monument for himself. If that's not the definition of pride, I don't know what is. After Samuel informs him that the kingdom is being taken from him because of his disobedience, Saul pleads with Samuel to return with him and the army so as to save face with the men. Samuel refuses and Saul grabs his garments, tearing a piece of it. Samuel responds that like the torn garment, the Lord has torn the kingdom from him. This is a picture of Saul grasping to maintain power and influence, clinging to his position as king. As a side note, this is exactly what Jesus didn't do as Paul articulates in Philippians 2, when he says he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, meaning clinging to his power like Saul was trying to do here. After recognizing David's success and God's blessing on him, we read in 1 Samuel 18, beginning in verse 5, going to verse 12. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, that would be Goliath, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, But me with only thousands, what more can he get but the kingdom? From that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre, as he usually did. Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. Saul's story continues and and his paranoia increases and drives him mad. He obsesses over killing David, despite David's clear conviction not to harm Saul. And even Saul's own son and his relationship, he had a very close relationship with David. He desperately clings to power when it is clear God has removed his anointing from Saul. Eventually, after a losing battle with the Philistines, Saul tragically takes his own life. John the Baptist's story contrasts with Saul's at just about every point. John was obedient to the call of the Lord. Saul disobeyed. John remembered who he was. Saul's pride led him to forget his true identity, and therefore God's true identity. 
John recognized his role as a steward of God's people and influence. Saul tried to take his power and influence for himself. John readily rescinded into the background so Jesus could rise. Saul fought to keep David from rising to fulfill his calling and even tried to kill him. John died a hero with inner peace. Saul died in a sad state of inner turmoil, full of jealousy and hate. Saul's sad story is a warning for us of what happens when we resist the clear boundaries of God's call for our lives. When our ambition carries us beyond God's call, it is a bad place to be, and it leads to a very sad story. Our success goes to our head, producing pride and arrogance. Our failures devastate us and leave us with an identity crisis. We can't rest because, again, there's too much to do and it all depends on us. When it comes time to pass the torch, we can't because our identity is completely wrapped up in our achievements. Recognizing our work as a call from God gives us the opportunity, like Paul, like John the Baptist, to know who we are, to work with diligence to the best of our ability, to be content whether we fail miserably or find great success. Yet all the while remain grounded and maintain a healthy inner life. I've referenced this book a number of times this week, so I figured I'd throw it in for additional content. It's it's called Ordering Your Private World by Gordon MacDonald. I've linked you to the Amazon uh, page, so I'd encourage you to pick that book up and give it a read. It's good. For reflection today, consider the sad story of Saul uh, and the number of sad stories that you're likely familiar with of those who were so driven by achievement that it not only destroyed their inner world, but likely their outer world uh, of relationships, and uh, work as well. Commit to not being like that. Commit to ordering your inner world. Know who you are. Uh, Determine your call and pursue it faithfully. Commit to spending time in the lonely place with God. To determine your call, to pursue it, to wrestle with all of the doubts that come from living in it, and just meet with God. 